Welcome to another segment of Northwest Passages, the program that features passages from books with a connection to the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Furr, and today we'll continue with another passage from Timothy Egan's 2019 book, A Pilgrimage to Eternity, From Canterbury to Rome in Search of Faith. In this passage, we'll hear about Egan's struggle with his own faith and with religion in general. Here's Connie Furr reading this Northwest Passage. Here's my problem. The deeper you unravel the layers of this faith, the more trouble you find. I respect the best thinkers of Christianity. Augustine is a maddening old fool with a beautiful mind. Once you get past his calluses of sexual guilt, he's brilliant. I'm using one of his best-known lines as a mantra. The world is a book, and those who do not travel read only a page. My objections have been noted, most having to do with theological rejection of the sublime aspects of human nature. And women, they haven't figured out women at all. As for harnessing the gospel of Jesus into a vehicle for war, you can't just continue to explain that away. If it happened a couple of times, fine. Free will, bad judgment, cynical manipulation, the motivation of martyrdom, and all that. But this pattern repeats itself over and over, the Christian God in service of countless cruelties. I'm impressed by what the early Christians did against all odds. Their devotion to spreading a philosophy that gave meaning to their time on earth while looking beyond themselves is inspiring. There was no advantage early on to average people in abandoning an established set of deities in favor of a God of love and sacrifice. Conversion was a positive emotional thing in its purest non-coercive form. It's what William of St. Thierry wrote in the 12th century, that the spirit, if allowed to breathe, will tend toward higher things. And I've been moved by small things seen along the way, defiant acts of charity from Catholics in Calais, the tomb for disabled children in St. Omer, the search for perfection by monks in Houtvillers, and the former scriptorium in the flatlands of Flanders. I haven't given up on this Pope and won't, especially now that he's facing some trouble from the doctrine monitors. What did Steve Jobs say? Don't be trapped by dogma, which he defined as living with the results of other people's thinking. The Roman Catholic Curia is geological compression of other people's thinking, settled over the centuries. I take to heart the Pope's recent advice. Allow yourself to be amazed, he said. Do we let ourselves be surprised? Because the encounter with the Lord is always a living encounter, not an encounter at a museum. That, in essence, is the great challenge of Christianity in the Western world, to prove that it has a beating heart and not just a dead past. To that end, I will try to be more understanding of faith as a living thing, evident in the everyday along the Via Francigena. But for now, I'm making very little forward progress. The morning is a disaster. While trying to find the way back to the signed VF route out of Reims, I make several terrible decisions, all in the interest of cutting time. I take one wrong turn out of a roundabout and lose two hours. I rely on the robo-woman of Google Maps, and she mispronounces a key street, leading me to a life-threatening detour. There's another option, the train to Chalons and Champagne takes 40 minutes, and it's on time. So now I'm in a completely different part of France and very well hydrated, thank you. Vines still tangle toward the sun on south-facing slopes, but there are more wooded areas, forests of poplar, oak, and beech. 
Other crops, mostly grains, are straining to stand in the withering heat. And more hills. And more water. The aged sloth of the Marne and its canals wrapped around Chalon, a city of 50,000. What stands out in the main square of this town is a huddle of handsome, half-timbered houses. Exteriors of exposed structural beams, wearing the bra on the outside, as it were. A sleepy farmer's market is finishing up nearby. The strawberries, small, red on the inside, a juice burst when you bite into one. With fistful of grayer in one hand and a packet of berries in the other, I follow signage to one of the oldest paths in Europe, the Via Agrippa, at least twice the age of the VF. It's a pleasure, though certainly no achievement, to add my footprints to those that have touched these smooth stones over the last 2,100 years. All the sandaled centurions, hooded pilgrims, and traveling merchants. The Agrippa, the Roman road from Milan to the north coast of France, was one of the main arteries of a network connecting the cities of Gaul. And it says quite a bit about the empire's engineering skills that by the year 1500, as the historian William Manchester noted, the roads built by the Romans were still the best in Europe. I once stood history struck in the ruts made by wagon wheels over the Oregon Trail in the Snake River Plateau of Idaho. Touching the Via Agrippa for the first time is similar, with another 1,900 years of time-layered sensation to contemplate. That was Connie Fur reading from Timothy Egan's Pilgrimage to Rome, published in 2019 by Viking Press. I'm your host and producer, Douglas Fur. Thanks for listening. Northwest Passages is a KSQM Studios production.